with no further ado, I want to introduce to you Pastor Ron Simpkins. He is a great man of God. He's been with Praise Chapel, uh, administering the word longer than I've been alive. He is uh, ministered in 20 nations. He's written about a dozen books, and uh, you are going to be blessed today, I am sure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for that. You want to take your iPad so I can put mine on there. (laughs) Well, it's just great to be here with you. You guys are blessed people. How many believe you're blessed? And if you don't, you need to get your blesser fixed. Amen. As an old friend of mine said, I had a chance to meet your pastor and his wife. This is, I think, our second time. These are great people. (laughs) Not all pastors are great people. Don't don't tell anybody I said that, but but I mean I've just enjoyed being with them. I'm gonna hate leaving. Hallelujah, and uh, and it's good to meet you. This is a great group of people that uh, God is bringing together and building into His body and bringing life into this barren desert. Hallelujah. I've been doing this for a while. I, as you can tell, I'm I'm old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I am. I'm. I'm old. I'm old enough. That I hope you guys can take this. Forgive me already, if you can. I'm old enough that if my wife says to me, "Honey, let's go upstairs and have sex," I have to say I can't do both. <laughs> so I. Seventy-two. Seventy-two years young. Yeah, <laughs> uh, amen. <laughs> oh, wow. See, so I'm feeling younger already. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Waiting for the rapture. <laughs> Me too. Me three. Uh, yeah, and I, I love Tucson. I spent, uh, it was only uh, about a year, but I pastored here in Foursquare when I was part. I've been part of several different groups. Amen. I'm going to try to figure out how not to get thrown out of them as any time. But I've been with Praise Chapel forever, it seems. Wrote, wrote the history of it. I do have a couple books and T-shirts back there. Uh, I only brought a handful, but uh, if you like them, you can come. Uh, and uh, they'll help you. And I'll even say this. I got these little cards I just made to bring down here. If you kind of like my style, uh, then you can listen to me online. Uh, Facebook, I do a, every three times a week, uh, three-minute kind of podcasts that are mainly just stories and uh, encouragement. And then we do once a week, uh, Ask Pastor Ron. It's on a multiple podcast. If you just plug in podcast, Ask Pastor Ron, you'll find Donnie Pacheco, his name there. And, uh, and they're just kind of fun things also. But this morning, let's kind of hook up and think. I, your pastor was with me. I'm down here because we're doing something we call the compass. And, uh, and uh, uh, with Paul Neville, and uh, in two weeks, I think it is, they're going to have it on the Praise Chapel website. You can hook up. You can register. It's free. And uh, basically, there are six things that can help you find the direction you need in life. Amen. Compass was the oldest, uh, one of the oldest inventions. It's one of the four great inventions in human history. Amen. Uh, first 12, 1300s, uh, the, the Chinese were the first to invent it, but they never really figured out how to use it. 
I think it was about the 1700s where especially a guy by the name of Prince Henry the Navigator, the compass made it so that when you were out of sight of land and the sun was blocked and there were clouds, that you could find north. Up until then, whenever you got in a situation where you couldn't see the land or you couldn't see uh, the stars or the sun, you would get lost (laughs) and never come home. And so everybody thought the world was flat, and if you sailed out too far, you fell off of it. Amen. But the compass began to give the ability, and when it came, it was began the age of navigation, which was really the beginning of the modern world in many ways. And uh, it changed everything. Well, why we're here this morning, in a real sense, is, is because I believe without church, without the Word of God, without the Holy Spirit, without fellowship, we can't find our way. Does anybody else have a sin nature? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? If, if, I'm not, if I'm not working at this thing with Christianity and God and keeping myself connected to those things that help me, I drift. Amen. You ever, anybody ever known a backslider? <laughs> what do they do? They just quit connecting. They, they just stop coming to church. This is one of the most dangerous things about COVID. I get it. Why people are kind of afraid. <laughs> I'm old. If I get COVID, I die. <laughs> Some of you, you'd just be sick for a week. But for, for us that are, are more senior, it's a little more dangerous of, a, of, a, of an event. But here's also the danger. I know so many people that have, that have kind of quit connecting. I mean, they started by staying on the Internet, possibly. And, uh, but then the, even that is dying out. I, I don't even know how many churches may never open again uh, because just they've lost this simple but very profound thing. Am I, am I making sense to anybody? This is why it's so important. <laughs> you never know. You may come here today and it's a whole waste of your time. But the good news is your pastor will be back next week. <laughs> but you know what I found with God? That when you connect to what God's doing, every once in a while, my God, God breaks in. And you just don't have any idea what's going to happen. Somebody gets healed. Somebody gets saved. Life is forever changed. God breaks into my heart, touches me at a deeper level. I get a truth that literally can change the way I think. And it only happens when I connect. Amen. And so this is something that is so powerful that uh, if we're not careful, we don't, we don't really understand. That's kind of why I even have the books out there. They're a way to connect. Uh, maybe some of you, the best thing you could do would be just to get a good book and read it. Because <laughs> it makes you think a little more. How many know what I'm saying? They take a little more time. It gets hold of you. I know most people today, uh, they don't read much. And that's why I got the t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, shut up and obey. That was for, I've sold thousands of those. And I still think it's probably the best sermon that I preach. Because I'm tired of so many people getting lost because they just don't shut up. Amen. And, and they're always asking questions. And it's so good to ask questions, but they never come to a conclusion. They never, and here's the word for today, connect. They just never take their place in the body and allow God to be all that he wants to do. Isolation makes you crazy. You can't live. Literally, God has made us. 
that we cannot live in isolation. I understand they're, they're kind of outlawing. In some places, the, 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 the isolation kind of deals in prisons. Because if you keep somebody kept away from any human contact, I don't know how long it is, but it's not really that long, they start to lose track of their sanity. Because we cannot find ourselves in isolation. And I want to challenge you to think, too, that maybe some... Does anybody here want to be a little closer to God? <laughs> I think we all do, and we, we kind of tend to wait till God does something, and, and we're kind of waiting on God. Well, that's not how it works, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. You have to make a choice to move towards Him. Amen. Amen. If I wanted to be a drunk, I'd connect to a bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? All, all you have to do, go to a bar, sit there, drink, and you'll be a drunk before too long. Amen. If I want to be a drug addict, connect to drugs. I want to be a, a gangster, find a gang, get a few tattoos. <laughs> you know, and this thing, if I want to be a Christian, what do I do? I connect to church, to prayer. Amen. Take some time. You say, I don't pray. Well, but well, you maybe you ought to start. You say, how do I do it? Just talk to God like he's your friend. Amen. Give it a shot. Try it. What you got to lose? Read four books of the Bible every morning. You know, just four chapters. <laughs> four books. <laughs> that would help you a lot. <laughs> Amen. There, there is nothing more powerful. Look at Scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 14 to 20. There's a billion of them we could have picked time. It says here, For the body is not one member, but many. If a fool... And that's a heavy word. If the fool shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not the body, is therefore not the body. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not the body, is it therefore not the body? The whole body were an eye. Where, this is kind of comic, isn't it? Uh, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased them. And if we were one member, where were the body? But now they have many members, yet but one body. It's, a, it's almost a comic picture that I think the apostle's using here, and it's repeated all over the place. God said, I've given apostle, prophets, pastors, teachers for the what? The building up, the edifying, strengthening the body. What it's saying here, in essence, is you can't do this by yourself. I don't know what you are. You're an eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> you're an ear, you're a finger. Amen. There are parts of the body I'd rather not be. But, but I want to tell you, they're maybe the most important is what he says. <laughs> Amen. I heard one church send a guy a deal. They realized that he was a part of the body that's for elimination. And they said, we're really backed up because you're not here. Come. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, uh, it's all your fault. You're pulling it out of me. Amen. <laughs> So it's saying, though, this thing that if we want to be what God wants us to be, we have to connect. We have to connect. Does that make sense? Amen. And, and there's nothing that is more central or more important, I think, to our understanding of God and ourselves than what this is. Immature Christians are just isolated. Somebody that never matures or grows is somebody that just stays in isolation. Because you can't figure this out by yourself. Uh, we need to come together. At least I do. 
Amen. I, I you know, and, and, and like I say, it, it, it's the synergy that begins to happen that keeps me on track, that centers my life and challenges me in different areas to do these kinds of things. Uh, and, and without it, we lose track of everything. Amen. Uh, the power of connection is at the very heart of what the Bible is telling about. The cross is the greatest event in human history. And in fact, you're dead. Even though you may be breathing, you're, you're a dead man walking. Amen. If you haven't met Jesus Christ. Because the whole biblical story is the story that, w- that Adam sinned and it disconnected. You ever pull a plug? <laughs> you know what I mean? On, on something at your house, your TV, or something like this, it quits working. Amen. Well, man had the plug pulled. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you're disconnected from the purpose of living. And it doesn't matter. It says, what, what's, what's the profit of man? If he gain the world, lose his soul. If you've not ever connected to Christ, you've never connected to life. And this is what it's about. We're not involved in a religious service here. We're not involved in some kind of just uh, duties or obligations or rituals. Some of those aren't bad because they are points of connection. Amen. But we're in a living relationship with a living body that is the body of Christ that only happens as we connect together. And he's the head and we become the body. And out of that, Lives are, lives are changed. <laughs> it's the craziest thing in the world. I'm here with a good friend of mine. We're sharing a room, Joe Weidinger. Fifty years ago, when I got saved, he got saved. We were connected. That connection ran over. Next thing you know, here, 50 years later, we're still partnering to change the world and, and, and building connections. In John 17, 21 to 23, the Message Bible, it says, the goal is for all of them to become one heart and one mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So they might be one heart, one mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be as united and as together as we are, I and them, and you and me. <laughs> so the whole purpose of what God has done in, in death and resurrection is not just to save us, but to connect us. Look at the person next to you and say, I need you. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't get any deeper than that, does it? And you say, well, I don't like them. <laughs> well... Shut up and obey. <laughs> what can I say? Because, uh, because this is everything, and this is hard. Because what's the easiest way to live? <laughs> Disconnected. What's the, what's, what seems the safest? This is our fallen nature, to be isolated. <laughs> Has anybody here ever felt, I'm sick of people. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. On, I'm going to just watch TV and, and 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 nothing else. I mean, it's it kind of is safer in some ways because you folks are dangerous people. I'm a pastor. You're going to hurt me somewhere. You know what I mean? You don't even intend to, but it just it's just a part of life. But 
But that's what life is about, is giving us opportunities to express Christ in us by forgiving. There are a bunch of scriptures I hate. Anybody else? Think of any. <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't like the book of Job. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like the way it even starts, you know. God's talking to the devil. <laughs> look, at my, look at my servant Job. I tell, I tell God fairly regularly in prayer, don't tell the devil, look at Ron. <laughs> I'll, I'll fold like a... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. But, but there was something so powerful that is in this connection and staying connected and, and that is a part of this whole thing of that deal. What I was going to say, here's another one. I'm going to send you as sheep. And it actually says lambs. Not, you don't even get to be a big sheep. You've got to be a, a little sheep among wolves. Wow. Wow, there's what I want. Be thrown in a pack of wolves. <laughs> you know, and, and not even have any teeth <laughs> to, to defend yourself. And yet God says, there's something here that is happening that is phenomenal, that is huge, and that uh, you're, you have the privilege of being a part of. So Christianity, in its essence, think about this with me for a minute this morning together, is about connecting. In fact, life is about connecting. I was a history teacher before I became a, a preacher and so I, I love looking at things. Uh, probably one of the greatest inventions or one of the greatest things that happened in human history is when they domesticated a horse. When you think about it, <laughs> uh, you, you can't do much. You can build a little garden, but you've got to have a horse, and you connect the horse to a plow, and you behind the plow, and you put that all together, and you can do what? I don't even know, 50 times more. You put... Somebody on the back of a horse, they can travel 100 times farther. They can do things they couldn't do before. Uh, Genghis Khan conquered the world because of stirrups. Because you put stirrups on a horse, and you can, you can stay on it. You can connect easier. <laughs> but not only that, in fighting, and that's what they were doing. They'd use those big old long sticks to poke each other. Amen. And, and if you've got stirrups, you can stay on the horse. And you knocked the other guy off. And they conquered the world by this simple thing of connecting. You know, we think of our world today and buildings and all these kinds of stuff. About, I think it was 2,500 years ago, somebody invented the nail. I mean, we don't, you don't even think. But that was, that was a phenomenal invention. Because <laughs> you could nail pieces of wood together and you could build buildings and houses. And it was the beginning of civilization in many ways. We, we are the great, one of the greatest nations of the world because of these highways that connect, connect us, connect us with Phoenix and, and the East Coast, West Coast, railroads, amen, are huge. And one of the reasons many nations are poor is they just don't have connection. Maybe the greatest invention, they say, of all time is the smartphone. Anybody got a smartphone? probably everybody, but a couple of you that are my age who are still carrying around a flip phone. <laughs> and, and don't raise your hand if that's you. That's here. We are made by connection. The, the bi basic biblical story is this Adam and Eve were put in a garden, and they were connected. They, they, everything was, wouldn't it have been great to be in the, in the garden of Eden? I'm really looking forward to heaven. And 
whoops, no, no, I'm okay. <laughs> I thought I was going to transition right there, but <laughs> because you won't have to, won't have to suffer and work, and there, there, there'll be no pain, no, no shadow of turning, and that was, that was the garden, and God would come in the cool of Eden, and there was community, but Adam and Eve chose sin, which was just simply that they, they were told one rule, just one rule. I mean, when we go to heaven, I may punch Adam. <laughs> you know, why on earth did you do that? Amen. But, uh, and the consequence was what? Disconnect. That it was death. Death, though, was, they didn't die. They lived a thousand years, some of them. But they died because they lost the God connection. So what, what is, why are we here today? Because that's the story of Jesus Christ. He's the second Adam. And he basically just reconnected us. He lived the life that Adam and Eve could have. He never sinned. He was a perfect sacrifice, though. And he literally went and paid the price for our disconnection and our sin that separates us from God so that what? We could reconnect to the God who loved us and who cares about us. And it's, and it's a simple thing here at the end of the service. We'll give you a chance. If you've never asked Christ in, you need to do it. You don't want to. Well, then go to hell. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not trying to fit That's a biblical concept. It's, it's your choice. For God so loved the world, they gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But this is the condemnation that men chose dark over light. They just don't want God. I want God. <laughs> I want to go to heaven. Amen. So Jesus became the second Adam. And just like Adam caused everybody to be born with a broken sin nature without God, Jesus made it possible for everyone to reconnect to Christ, to him, and then to God, because he is God. Amen. And so this changes everything. Listen to Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. Amen. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. <laughs> All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so it's the greatest story. It's quite it's called the good news. Amen. The good news is that, that we that were not after God, didn't understand God, couldn't find God. God's, God paid the price, and he's running us down, and he's trying to connect with us. So everything about Christianity is about connecting. You can read the book of Romans. I was listening to it this morning as I was getting ready to come here, and it's all. You choose a life of sin, what are you going to end up with? <laughs> sin, death. <laughs> because what you connect to is what you're going to get. So it says, now that you have this new life and you have had forgiveness, you still will have to make a choice of what you're going to connect to. Because if you don't connect, you're going to be blinded by the wrong connections of the world. And you're going to be stopped. But if you choose and you have, have let Christ in, the Holy Spirit's in you, then if you move towards God, something works that never worked before. Amen. And it starts to make sense. It talks about put on, put off. 
Amen. I think it's Colossians that says, put on, put on the righteousness and these kinds of things. Amen. When Halloween, I made some of you don't practice it, but we do. But I wouldn't let my kids dress up like the devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was too scared. They'd never take the outfit off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we made him be Superman or something like that. You know what I mean? They want to be good. That's what Jesus is saying. Just simply begin to put on Christ, to begin to act like he would and do what it is you have. There are three points of connection that I challenge you to, to think about and maybe can help. Does anybody need some help? Wave at me if you need some help. Anybody? Okay, I can several of you. I mean, it really is simple. This is what people don't understand. So many Christians are, are what can I do? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> now, you may not pay any attention, but if you pay any attention, I'm going to tell you what you can do. Number one, put on Christ. Amen. That literally Christ had paid the price, and he will change you. So I, I, I couldn't get saved. I wouldn't get saved. I don't know how you say it. In 1973, I was a little America. I was with a guy, Randy Miller, and, uh, and, and it's, it's a crazy story because I actually led Randy to the Lord, <laughs> but I was a drunk at the time. <laughs> but I was raised in church, and if somebody was in bad shape, I'd, I'd tell you, you know, you ought to try Christ. <laughs> and, but, and, and Randy came to me in the middle of the night. I was bombed out of my mind, loaded, because <laughs> I was a bad guy when I was bad. And he says, Ron, you've got to pray with me. i got to get my life right. I, I, you're the only Christian I know. I said, There's a problem. I'm not a Christian. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and uh, true story, lives in Colorado Springs. I just saw him a couple months ago. And uh, I had enough sense, though. He said, well, you're the, you're the best I've got. And I, and I said, okay, kneel down here, <laughs> you know. And, and I said, okay, Earl, see you there for me. Jesus Christ. And he got saved. Isn't that crazy? I'm not saying this isn't a hard thing to do. This is this easy that you can change your life, but you'll never mature until you start to then build some connections. Is this making sense to anybody? So here I was. He came, and he was on a mission to get me saved. He said, Ron, why don't you get saved? Amen. He, you know, you got me saved. Why don't you live it? I said, I tried. It won't work for me. And I'll never get it. He looked at me. He said, you're a liar. What, what do you mean I'm a liar? I'm not a liar. He said, and then he said this. He said, Jesus Christ died for your sins. And you're not that big of a guy. You're not that important. You can't stop salvation from happening in your life. And it blew me away. And that night... I accepted Christ. But I also did this. I said, okay, God, I'm going to give you 30 days. <laughs> well, because I'd never done that. See, I'd never connected. After getting saved, I'd just go out, see my friends, get high, and be lost again. I don't know if I was lost. That's a huge theological question <laughs> that we could probably fight over all night. But, but, but it, it wouldn't take. And so I said, God, I'm going to give you 30 days. 
And, and literally, that's why the next day I told Joe Weidinger, I'm going to be a Christian. He said, me too. <laughs> and I said, but I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> Thank God that we wandered into a church and uh, someone prayed with him and he got saved. And we, we separated from some of those we disconnected from the drugs and the alcohol. We found a church that we started to attend and that was almost 50 years ago. Does it make sense to anybody? And so in some ways, it's just that simple. You may be here right now, and you're just as confused as can be. <laughs> the devil's just beating the snot out of you. You know what I mean? And, and you're under attack, and you're besieged. What do you do? Stay connected. You'll get through it. You'll pass through. You'll come through on the other side, and you'll actually end up stronger than you were when it started. Am I making sense? Don't give up your testimony. Just stay in fellowship, and especially with who Jesus is and what he did. And here's the biggest key. Just believe what Jesus did on the cross is more important than your sin. It's bigger than your sin. That there isn't any kind of sin that he can't conquer. And number two, connect to the Word of God. Word of God is quick and powerful, sharpened a two-edged sword, piercing, dividing asunder soul and spirit, discerner of the thoughts and tense the hearts of man, you know. Hebrews, and uh, powerful stuff, the Word of God. <laughs> Maybe some need. It would, it would, you would like to see some change in your life. I, I, I'm going to give you a challenge and uh, read four chapters a day. Just start this week for two weeks. Start reading four chapters. Probably John would be good or you can read the epistles. Most, several of them are only four chapters. And you can even, if you really want to take something like Colossians and just read it every day for like two weeks. And I don't know why, because it has a life of its own. I've never met anybody that it didn't help, didn't change. My Anybody here say, I need, to, I need to do that. You just need to read your Bible every day for two weeks. Raise your hand. You'd say, that's me. Is anybody? I see a couple of hands. I, I'm literally, see, if I'm lying, I won't be here, but two weeks from now, if it didn't work, punch Wayne in the face. <laughs> Tell him, you're not going to get away with bringing a guy that's a liar like that. <laughs> and I'm confident enough that w Wayne won't get punched. Amen. See, because this is what I'm saying. I've been living this, billions of people, billions of people in the world are living the Christian life. And how are they doing? A bit by, by this. You see what I'm saying? And the third is the Holy Spirit. If you're saved, how many are saved? If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, you don't have the, maybe the baptism, and that's something pastor can preach on on his own, at another time, but you have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the power to change. And so live in the power of the Spirit. How many have flesh? Raise your flesh if you've got flesh. <laughs> I mean, you just have it. It's, it's there. Well, you have the Holy Spirit. But, but many people aren't living like they have the Holy Spirit. In the book that I just wrote, this one on called the compass. The first point is becoming what Christ says you are. Not what the world says, not what mama says, not what your teacher said. 
but what Christ said you are. Amen. And as you do that, and then I'll, then I'll give you, and we'll come back to him in a second too, but then connect to church. Good, you're here. This is what Christians are doing and have done for 2,000 years. Amen. It's maybe the most essential part of our life. Amen. Church doesn't save you, but church keeps us in community. And all the things that are important, loving and forgiving and worshiping and giving, are, are part of this exercise of us coming together. And it, it affects you. It creates you. Amen. Most of you probably speak English. Why? Because you live in America. <laughs> and, and, and most of us speak English. If you were in Russia, you'd probably be speaking Russian. Because connection. Just that, it's just that basic of what it is. And the Holy Spirit's the teacher, the comforter, and the power to change. Listen to Philippians 3, 8 to 11. Doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them dung, <coughs> that I may win Christ. <laughs> we we kind of get these phrases, they're so powerful, but if we're not careful, we just don't put them into practice. Basically, Paul's saying, I put Christ ahead of everything else. I mean, you think I'm graphic. Look at Paul. He's, he's saying everything in the world is poop. I mean, that's what dung is. And he said, I counted the, the success, my everything, except Christ, because he's going to stay connected to Christ. And he'd be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that's which is through faith in Christ Jesus. So this is what we're talking about. It's just simply this, of beginning to believe that what Jesus Christ did is even bigger than anything you've ever done, and that if you connect to him, he'll come into you and give you the power to change, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death, by any means that I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. This salvation can change everything. If you're a typical praise chapel, there's some people that have made some pretty major changes in their life. I think of a guy, Donnie Colson. Uh, he, he was a pastor and evangelist, but he had been a drunk in uh, Illinois for 40 years, and he was just a gutter drunk. His nickname was Snake. You know, if your nickname's Snake, you're probably not a nice guy. <laughs> You've got some problems. And literally, he was the town drunk. And he got saved. And began to clean up. And he found that he had a gift to, to, to pray for people and them get healed. And the doctors in Illinois, in southern Illinois, bought him a car and a pager. And they would call him when they had a case where it was impossible that they couldn't help. And many of them got healed. I remember my son got hit with a bat at school. He went, we lived in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> could, could have been somewhere in Tucson, huh? And, uh, and one of the kids hit him with a bat, and it was bad. The doctors weren't sure he would ever come out of it. He was unconscious, just lay there twitching. Uh, and it, it had been going on for most of a day. And they were having church, having conference in Springs, and I remember we loaded him up and took him to church. Because what else are you going to do? And Donnie was preaching. And we laid him in the back of the church. He's laying on the floor just unconscious and twitching. And I'll never forget as long as I live. Donnie came to the back of the church. He's a little guy. 
And he laid on him like the Elijah, I think it was, in the Old Testament, put his hands on his hands, his face on his face, and he prayed, and John came out. And set up, and he's been healed ever since. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of this transformation that's inside of us that can, that can happen. Amen. Listen to 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. And you might want to even write this one. It's such a powerful one. If you meditate on it, literally, it can, it can change your whole attitude. His divine power has given us what has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How do you change? You simply put your trust not in the world, not in yourself, but in what Jesus Christ did for you. And begin to walk it out. Begin to live it out. Begin to speak that, he, that what he is and what he can do. Or Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Gave some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, evangelists, teachers. <clears throat> and, and, and again, this is saying it takes multiple connections. It's not just one, not just your pastor, but we need each other to, to do what? It says here, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith. This, what a powerful picture. It's saying that something's going to happen. I believe heaven's going to be wonderful because we'll all be. We won't have to struggle or force, but we will be united and, and, and be able to function in all of this. And the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're maturing into something greater than what we start at. You're, you're being transformed. Amen. When a baby's born, it has all the life it'll ever have. You don't 20 years later have more life. You start with all the life. When you got saved, you had all of the life of God, the power of God. But you've got to mature into who Christ is. And you've got to allow this to to be formed in you, and you've got to fight. It goes on to talk about the cunning craftiness of the world and these kinds of things. And how do I do it? By love. That it's being perfected by me learning how to, to love you and to be committed to you and to care about you. And that's why we're here, and that's what we're doing, and why we shook hands and we laughed. You get it? Does it kind of make sense? Amen. <laughs> So first altar call. Is there anybody here you'd say? I, I, I think probably everybody's saved. In fact, before we do anything, is there anybody not saved? <laughs> everybody close your eyes for a second. <laughs> you say, why do you do that? I don't know. It's what we've always done. <laughs> I think it's just to make it less embarrassing. But I'll warn you, we're going to embarrass you in a minute anyway. So. Did anybody here not ask Christ into your life? And you need to ask him in. Or it can be you've just slipped away. You've fallen away. And you need to come back. You need to reconnect. You'd raise your hand. You'd put it up, put it down. Anyone? I can barely see. But anyone at all? I don't think so. It kind of feels like in this season, you can look at me again. Amen. And if you aren't and you want to be, just come up to me after service or pastor or 
almost anybody in the building probably could pray for it. It's not even a difficult prayer or a difficult thing to do. But, and this is not to embarrass anybody. I don't know how to do this. It says confess your faults one to another. Has anybody ever had to make some serious changes? You had any real, you, you've got to confess to somebody. You've got to get some help. Does that make sense? So, it, so anyway, is there anybody here that you abandoned? And I think we do need to do it public. There's some, some maybe things in your life you need to disconnect. So we've been talking about connecting, but just as important is you've got to put on and put off. And it may not even be bad things. It can be good things. You can play way too much call to duty. <laughs> and games and... And there have been things I've had to just stop that weren't bad, but they just weren't right. Can anybody think of something in your life you just, you need to disconnect and you'd raise your hand as a point of contact. We'd pray with you. Amen. Great church. Either lying or, (laughs) which I have a feeling they are, but that's another story. (laughs) Because what I'm going to tell you, it's really important to, to acknowledge those kinds of things. Then let me go to the other side. Is there anybody here that would say, I need to connect at a deeper level. I need to up the level of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so what we talked about, you say how to do it. Well, prayer, Bible study, amen, witnessing. They can do it. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. You'd raise your hand. Anyone else? Yeah, several, several hands that are here. Well, let's pray. And literally, it is this simple, just decide today to change. And it's not even change, because probably almost all of you are really doing pretty good. In fact, if it was on a curve, we've already got it made, probably. <laughs> I was a teacher. All you had to do is be better than 50% of the rest of the class, <laughs> and, and you pass. But if I read the Bible right, it's not on a curve, so it's not that we're better than the Presbyterians or the Baptists is going to get us into heaven. Amen. And, and we're a pretty fanatical group. Have you figured that out? And so we're pretty extreme compared to a lot of the Christians. And I like it. That's why I'm here. You know what I mean? Because I like hanging out with people that are saved. <laughs> uh, and, and I want to get more saved. Amen. And so this is why. We need to change. Let's pray together. Hallelujah. In fact, would you just pray with me? Pray this prayer. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Forgive me for my distractions, for my fears, for listening too much to the world. I ask you, forgive me and fill me. God, I receive your truth today. And I'm going to raise the level of the Holy Spirit. Not because of works, but because of faith. Because I know your life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God, it's just that easy. Just that easy. It's a good God. Amen. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he, he just wants to party. I mean, do, do a Bible, that's, another, that's a good sermon in itself. 
I mean, this whole thing's the good news. Religion gets in the way of all of this. And sin. Sin, though, is the biggest thing that keeps God from expressing His life in us. And so if we can clean this thing up a little, we can have a great time. Amen? And we can see things to change. Why don't we all stand?